In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. For many of us, life with God turned to be just activity. As we have activities, for example, sport, music, going out with friends, so service or coming to the church is another activity. And many of us now, they are living dual life. Part of their heart with God and part of their heart with the world. Although God asked us to love him from all our heart, all our mind, all our soul, all our spirit. And unfortunately now, lukewarmness became a common trend among Christians in general and among the servants also. Although God wants us to be fervent in spirit, and maybe the Holy Spirit, when descended on the disciples on the day of Pentecost, it descended like tongues of fire. And the fire here to tell us that in our service, we should be fervent like fire. Also God, when he appeared to Moses in the burning bush and asked him to lead Israel from the land of Egypt, he appeared also like fire in the burning bush to tell him that you need to do this mission with zeal like a fire. Even one of the titles of God, our God is a consuming fire. And the person who is filled with the Spirit, definitely he will be fervent in, in spirit. He will be fervent in his prayer, in his love, in his worship, in his service. He will be fervent in everything he does and actually in dealing with others. Other people can feel and can see how he is full of zeal. And this spiritual zeal is contagious. So he will make people around him also zealous and fervent in spirit. That's why in the book of songs, even love, it was mentioned love is like a fire and many waters cannot quench this love. The servant who love God and love his class, this love is like a fire and people around him can see and can feel this fire. The angels around God, we read in Psalm 104 verse 4, he created his angels spirit and his servant firing flames or flaming of fire, flames of fire. But as I said, unfortunately, this zeal and this fire disappeared and most of us now we suffer from lukewarmness. 
Yes, we come to the church and we pray. And maybe we pray in our houses. But not with the same depth, not with the same love, not with the same spirit. We read the scripture, but the scripture has no impact on us. We attend the spiritual meeting, we attend the liturgies, but there is, it, it is not the same. We lost the influence of the liturgy on us. Our service now became as body with no spirit, has the image from outside of godliness, but doesn't have the power. In our prayer, we speak to God, although we don't feel his presence in our life. This state of lukewarmness, God doesn't like. In Revelation chapter 3, verse 15, and 16, the Lord said, I am about to vomit you from my, from my mouth. So God doesn't want his children to be lukewarm. And when the lukewarmness continues for a long time, this can be a threat to the whole spiritual life, can be a threat to the whole spiritual life. And then the person will start to fall in sins and he doesn't feel even conviction or rebuke within him. From outside, he is like a lamb, but, but from inside, they are drinking iniquity like water. When he enters the church, it's different. It's not different than any other place. He doesn't feel the church is the house of God. The church for him is like any other place. And he may commit any sins in the church. He may gossip, he may rebuke, he may uh, scream, he may yell, he may curse, and doesn't feel anything actually in committing such sins inside the church. And gradually the person will lose his meekness, his humbleness, and lukewarmness will turn to be sinfulness, a state of sinfulness. Lukewarmness actually has many reasons. One of the reasons when the person starts with love, now continue with a routine. After it starts with the spirit, now it became just a habit. Now it is just not being preoccupied with God, but preoccupied with people. He deals with God from outside, not internally. He keeps the virtues from external only, not internally. So, we need to keep our love to God all the time. David, in spite of all his challenges and all his busy schedule, all the time actually he kept his love for God and for the church. 
He said, my soul longed to you as a dry land long to water. He said, how much I love your name. All the day I recite your name. But now for many of us, the prayer became just a duty. A duty so our conscience will not rebuke us. We do it out of obligation, not out of love. We do it without desire, without emotion, without zeal, and sometimes without understanding. There is no meditation, there is no reflection. It became just a routine. And the same for the Bible. I just I read my chapter in the Bible without getting deep into or say, trying to find what is the message of God that he is sending me. Without joy, David says, I rejoice it with your words as if I found many treasures. But for many of us, now we just read the scripture out of obligation. Many times we focus on the quantity more than the quality. And once I finish the quantity, I feel I done my job. And this actually will make many of us fall in lukewarmness when you don't focus on the quality. That's why St. Paul said five words with understanding better than 10,000 words without understanding. And since we focus on the quantity, that's why we rush our prayers. And when we rush our prayers, because I just, I want to finish, there is no understanding, there is no meditation, there is no reflection. So here, the goal is just to finish, not to enjoy the presence of God. And since the goal now is just to finish my spiritual canon, not to enjoy it, this is drift in the goal. And once I drift in the goal, then I will fall into lukewarmness. Many times, even in midnight praises or in hymns, just want to finish it. Just we want to finish the midnight praises. So we rush it without understanding, without reading the meaning or, or reflecting on the meaning. And with this rush in prayer, again, no understanding, no emotions, no reflections, no meditation, no prayer action. And here we need to stop and ask ourselves, am I really praying? Am I really speaking to God? God doesn't care about the quantity. God cares more about your heart. Remember, the tax collector, he said one sentence, but he said it from his heart, and he went to his house justified. The same, the thief on the cross, he said one sentence, but he said it from his heart, and he went to the paradise. Let us focus on the, if, if you want to regain and to restore your zeal, focus on the quality. 
Focus on the quality of your prayer, the scripture. Everything you do, do it from your heart. Do it from your emotions. Also, yes, the Agbeya and the Psalms and the Psalmody, all these are treasures. But you need to add to all this prayer your own personal prayers. You need to speak with God and to express your feeling toward God. All these prayers, Salmodi, Agbeya, are like a school to teach you how to pray, how to speak to God. And the ultimate goal is to compose your own prayers. Yes, I'm not saying to stop using the Agbeya or to stop saying the, uh, using the Psalmody. No, I did not say this. But what I'm trying to say, this should not replace your own personal prayers. If you want to regain your zeal, don't focus on the quantity. Don't rush your prayers. Don't follow just the routine but pray with your spirit, with understanding, with emotions, and with the guidance of your spiritual father. You may actually start with short prayers and increase them gradually. I remember one of the youth, and this was the man, was and confessing with me and he told me he's rushing his prayers to finish all his canon. So I told him how many hours or minutes Yani used to pray every day. So he told me about 20 minutes in the morning and 20 minutes at night. I told him I don't care about finishing your canon, but let us focus during this 20 minutes to enjoy the time was God. So when you pray in the morning, yes, spend the same 20 minutes, even if you don't finish your canon, if you didn't finish the first hour of Iqbay. But I want you to enjoy the prayer and the same at night. And when you enjoy your prayer and you feel the pleasure of being in the presence of God, then actually you will be longing to increase the time of prayer. One, another reason that make us suffer from lukewarmness these days is distraction and being just busy and overwhelmed. We are distracted. Social media actually distracts all of us. We are distracted with multitasking, with many, many activities we do at the same time. Even during prayer, most of us, we have our phones with us during prayer. And whether we like it or not, we are distracted by it. This distraction will actually prevent us from focusing in prayer and getting deep in, in prayer. That's why you need to be aware not to let the world to distract you. If there is time with God, then give your undivided attention to God. 
and give God actually the first fruit of the day. And sometimes we are distracted with service. For example, maybe as during the liturgy as a deacon, I'm distracted with taking care of the hymns, watching how we chant it right, how to lead the chorus, or as Sunday school servant, I'm watching the organization and the order in the church. So I'm dist- and I don't feel within myself I'm doing something wrong, I'm serving the Lord. But here, if every week I'm doing this, when I will have my time with God, I'll be like Martha. The Lord said to her, you are busy and distracted with many things. But one thing is needed. When we will focus on this one thing that's needed. In order actually to limit this distraction, you need to manage your time well. And you need to give God part of your time if you cannot give him all your time. Remember, what does it profit a person if he win the whole world and lost his own soul? And when we are distracted, our spirituality will be weakened. And when our spirituality is weakened, then our service will be weak also. In order for your service to be fruitful, you need to have high spiritual life. Because service is not just activities. Service is a spirit of love toward God that actually transferred from one person to another person. For example, in two weeks on Sunday, we will listen to the parable of the prodigal son. If you thought, if you think about the older son, the older son actually said to his father, I am serving you for so many years. So he was serving the father for so many years. But in spite of this long service, his will was again in the will of the father. His spiritual life was not strong. And this was manifested in his dialogue with his father, in his dialogue with his brother, and how he was not happy when his brother returned. Some of us are like this older son. We are serving for so many years, but in spite of this service for so many years, we don't carry or bear the fruit of spirit within us. We're still very, very far from having the fruit of spirit. Why? Because service for us is just activities. It is not a deep, intimate relationship with God. Try to limit your distractions. And during the business of the day, try to actually have your heart with God. Remember that the Lord asked us to give him one day, keep the Sabbath holy. And also 
every day he wants the first fruit of the day. So, do we give God one day every week? And do we give him the first fruit of every day? If we give God one day a week, and if we give God the first fruits of every day, then actually we will have spiritual zeal in our heart that will sustain us the rest of the week. Sometimes we allow things of the world to reign inside our heart and to control my heart and my thoughts and my emotions. Then God actually will not have a place. So being busy is not just being busy regarding time, but your heart is busy or your mind is busy. The gospel of this morning, don't be anxious, because when we are anxious and worry, this actually will keep our heart and mind busy and will not be able to enjoy God. Do you know why the church, when arranged prayer, arranged for us seven prayers every day? And between prayer and the another, other prayer, there are three hours. So the church wants us to be in continuous relationship with God. Want us not to spend maximum more than three hours without communicating with God. If we are doing this, we'll not be lukewarm. Yes, maybe you have, like in meals, we have two or three meals, but between meals, we have snacks. In the same way in the spiritual life, maybe you have one or two or three prayers in the morning, in the evening, and at night. But between these three spiritual meals, you need to have spiritual snacks. So every three hours or every two hours, lift your heart to God, even with one sentence, even if two sentences, but from your heart. I give you the example of the tax collector with one sentence, he was justified. And the example of the thief with one sentence, he was sent to the paradise. Keep God in your mind all the day. Every now and then, lift your heart to God in prayer. I remember when I was maybe in in middle school. At the time, I was uh, my father of confession was Abu Antonio Israel, and one of the spiritual exercises that he gave me, he told me each hour, uh, the beginning of each hour, say a prayer. For example, at twelve noon, at one, at two, at three. And the purpose of this exercise, how to keep your mind and your heart with God all the day. Another reason of lukewarmness, when we let sin dwells in my heart, when actually I am not serious in my repentance. As I said, we have dual life. Sin actually, as we read 
for the abundance of sin, the love of many gets cold. So another reason why we get lukewarm in our service and our life, when we let sin dwell in my heart, sin should be eradicated by repentance. And the feeling of repentance, how I disappointed God, how I sinned before God, Actually, this can give zeal to the person. Remember the repentance of David. David was very zealous in his repentance. He was crying godly sorrow. Every night, he was crying many tears. Like Peter, when he denied the Lord, he wept bitterly. Like the sinful woman in the house of, of, of Simon the Pharisee. She cried and she washed, washed the feet of the Lord with her tears. When actually all these feeling of repentance are in our hearts and we develop this godly sorrow and this remorse, understanding how we grieved our Lord with our sins, and how in his love he carried all my sins and he carried my curse and died on the cross. When we reflect on this actually, this can help us to restore our spiritual zeal. You know, the children of Israel felt spiritual zeal in the beginning of their journey when they were oppressed in Egypt under the Egyptian and they started actually the journey crossing the Red Sea and you can see actually their song in, in, in Exodus chapter 15 which is the first horse so this like a person who is just repenting just coming out of the land of servitude land of slavery and the second time they experienced the zeal when they were about to enter the promised land. They were happy to enter the promised land. But in between, during these 40 days, 40 years, they suffered from lukewarmness. A lot of grumbling, a lot of complaining. They were not as zealous. In the same way, sometimes when we just came from the land of slavery in the beginning of our spiritual journey in the beginning of our repentance we have this zeal or a person who reached a high level of intimate relationship with God then as if he is in the promised land the land that flows with milk and honey but most of us are like in between, like in the wilderness of Sinai. Most of us, we don't have the zeal of the tax collector who stood at the end of the temple, not feeling worthy to lift up his eyes, but he beat his chest and said, God have mercy upon me, a sinner. Or we don't have the love of John the Beloved, who used to lean 
on the chest of our Lord Jesus Christ. We are not like the tax collector in this zeal. We are not like John the Beloved in his zeal. We are something in, in between. We need actually either to be like John the Beloved or to be the tax collector if we want to have the spiritual zeal and run away from the lukewarmness again. What actually can help us? If you surround yourself with godly people who are very zealous in their relationship with God, as I said in the beginning, it is contagious. Your heart will be full of zeal. But if you surround yourself with lukewarm people, it's also contagious. And you will be lukewarm. In the paradise of monks, it says, be careful. Because if you walk with someone from your cell to the church, he can advance you 50 years with God, or he can actually push you back 50 years with God. Just walking with somebody from my cell to the church, he can advance me, or he can pull me back. So we need to surround ourselves with people who are strong in their spiritual life. Reading the biography of the saints and learning from them and reflecting on their life, this also actually can help us to regain this zeal and to overcome the lukewarmness in our life. Now it's a good time because we are fasting. And as the Lord said, fasting and prayer cast out demons. Don't let your fast just you are changing the food from non-fasting to fasting. But make like a spiritual program for yourself during this fast. And in this spiritual program, focus on two things, the quality and consistency. Don't focus on the quantity, but on the quality. If you are going to spend 15 minutes with God, make sure that you will enjoy the presence of God in these 15 minutes. And as I said, you need to be consistent. Don't stay for a long time away from God. That's why, as I told you, the church made first hour, third hour, sixth hour, ninth hour. If you stay there a very long time away from God, your spirituality will be weak. Consistency and quality. Also, you need to have the right motive. And the right motive is the love of God. Even if you don't have the feeling, but you need, as the Lord said, he who loves me, keep my commandment. You need to make the decision to love God. We love him because he loved us first. And by giving his commandments and offering him worship and praise that befits his holiness, this will help you to overcome the lukewarmness. In, in the divine liturgy we say, it is meet and right 
and fitting and proper and becoming to praise him, to glorify him. It is the right thing to do. So when you pray, ask yourself, I am praying, I am offering the befitting glory. Am I offering the praise that befits the glory of God? Or just I want to finish. I want to finish the liturgy, I want to finish midnight praises, I want to finish the Agbeya, I want to finish the Psalmody, just my goal is to finish. Have the right goal in your heart. Have the right goal in your heart. You need to remove from your heart the stones and the thorns that choke the word of God if you want to be fruitful. And if you want to bear the fruit of the Spirit, the thorns that choke the word of God in us and make us look warm are three things. Either the worries or the pleasure of the world or the love of money. So you need actually to remove these three things. These three things actually will keep you look warm. That's why in the beginning of the journey today, the church addressed these three points and the church will address them again next week in the temptation on the mountain. Love of money, love of pleasure and the worries. And the worries actually has to do with pride and ego. Why I'm worried? Because I am self-centered. I, I worry about who I am and these are the three temptations. So the church is telling you, if you want to, to fast and if you want actually to be like a bird flying into the bosom of the Father, from the beginning of the journey, you need actually to clean the field of your heart from the thorns that choke the word and choke yourself. And also you need to clean your heart from the stones. Stones are unrepentant sins. Sometimes we have some sins are dear to us. We don't want to repent. We don't want to give them up. And we try to justify them with one way or another. But as long as we have stones in our heart, you cannot actually become fervent in spirit. Another exercise that will help you all of us, there are certain chapters in the scripture, certain books, certain songs, certain sermons affected us in a positive way. So keep record of all these things. If a certain song or a certain hymn influenced you positively, you know, just keep record of this hymn. If a certain sermon affected you, keep record. A certain verse from the scripture, something you read it in a book or church fathers. And when you are suffered with lukewarmness, go to all these records and listen again to the same sermon, listen again to the same song, read again the same book that influenced you before. And since this book or this song influenced you before, it actually will influence you again. And 
you will going to start developing these emotions and developing this zeal that you lost it. But what if I am trying all of this but still I feel in, in my heart I am lukewarm, I am not fervent in spirit. I will tell you keep forcing yourself, keep the discipline. And one day, actually, you will overcome the lukewarmness. It's like a person lost appetite to food completely, and he cannot eat. So actually, they force him to eat, even if they can put IV. And gradually, when they feed him, even through IV, he will regain his appetite, and he will be healthy. So don't give up on yourself. Don't say, I don't think that I will ever be able to enjoy what I enjoyed before. Satan is deceiving you. Force yourself to pray, to read the scripture, to come to the church, to listen to the sermons, to sing spiritual songs. But do all of this while you are focusing on the quality and believe me gradually you will regain your spiritual zeal we need actually as a servant to be strong and to be in the depth of the relationship with God otherwise our service will be weak and this is a good and opportune time while we are fasting. It's a time actually in which you can find the good fight. You can overcome this lukewarmness. This is a good time to fight for the spiritual zeal again. So you will be able to bear the fruit of the Spirit and also this will be reflected in your service and in your dealing with others. May the Lord help all of us to overcome lukewarmness, this bad sin that the Lord said, I am about to vomit you from my mouth, to be outside the body of Christ. Vomiting means outside the body of Christ. So let's fight this bad sin and let us fight to regain our spiritual zeal once again and to be fervent in spirit. Glory be to God ever and ever. Amen.